Now maybe you can hear me. Uh, I wanted to come in this morning a little bit early, earlier than usual, um, just for some for some time. Um, Lord's laid on my heart this week out of Proverbs um, chapter three to to preach on trust, and I can't get it. I just couldn't get it off my heart, and I thought as I was praying this week and getting ready that it's it's for somebody, and I don't know who it is, and, and I don't know may not be here. I don't know, maybe somebody watching this online, but I want I wanted this morning to give the church enough time to get things right. And if there's a trust issue that you have between you and God, that I wanted you to have time today to get things right before we leave the church. I don't know why. I don't know who it is, honestly. It's just he's laid it, he's impressed it on my heart. And I wanted to mind him because I didn't want to be in trouble for not minding the Lord. If you've ever been there, you know how bad that is. So we're going to mind the Lord this morning and just have time. I've got nothing, no big plans this evening, and I'm not in no big hurry to get home. I don't, I don't think the, the soup will burn in the crock pot. She put it on last night, so be good and tender when we get home. I'm not worried about it. But I just want us all to, to mind the Lord. And again, we'll be over in Proverbs chapter 3. Um, and I do want to say, and I'm going to let Judy or Ange tell about the baby because I didn't forgot her name, how much she weighed, how long she was. I got nothing. Go ahead. We've been waiting forever. You don't, you don't remember her name? Oh. Moms will get. That's what I want to hear. She's a pretty baby. I tried to, this morning, I, I did my normal Sunday morning thing, got my coffee, hit the recliner, thumb through Facebook real fast to see if there's any, you know, earthquakes or anything that hit. And lo and behold, we had another earthquake last night in Sparta. So, and a baby was born. So that's pretty good, I guess. <laughs> so I'm glad she's here. Stubborn. Must be some of VJ's. Yeah, it must be just like VJ. Yeah. <laughs> It took, took her a while to get here, didn't it? Uh, what what was it? Thursday? Did she go in Thursday or, fr- or Friday? Okay. All right. Well, everybody's good. Been, everybody's been praying for that one and waiting for that one. So uh, we'll try to keep everybody posted. Huh? I'm sure everybody's nerves are a little calmed down now until she gets home. Yeah. And grows up and starts driving and all that stuff. All right, again, we're going to be over in Proverbs chapter 3 uh, this morning. And, and again, we're going to be looking at trust. And, and there are times in our lives when, when our confidences are broken. I mean, the confidence that we have in, in things and in people, they get broken. And when our confidence is broken, a lot of times tears are going to be shed. And I hate to say it, when, when you lose confidence in someone, you will cry, you will weep, it will break your heart. And that's okay. It's okay to cry over that because you put a lot of, of faith, a lot of trust in that person, and they've let you down, and so you, you are, it's okay. to. It's an emotion that we have, and it's all right to, to weep, and the feelings that we have um, when we're hurt and, you know, trust gets uh, damaged, it's, it's hard to fix that. It's hard to fix trust. If you've ever had faith or trust in someone, and they have broken that trust, it's hard to get that back. 
It's, it's extremely hard to get that back as much as we try. And even when we do uh, get that trust back, we still in the back of our minds will always recall what they've done to you or what they've said to you or whatever the situation was. We will recall that. And so we're always going to hang on to a little dab of that untrust, of that disbelief that we might have in, in that person. But all this leads to a very important question that I'm, I'm going to ask you this morning. I want you guys to to remember it and to think about it all morning long. I don't care if you think about it all day long, whatever it might be, but a very important question. Who or what do you put your trust in? Who or what do you put your trust in? That's a, that's a deep question. That's a big question. We're in church, so what do you automatically think of? God. That's everyone, you can't sit here this morning and tell me you didn't, it didn't just come across the top of your mind. God. We're in church, don't want to make the preacher mad, don't want to make Jesus mad, so I'm going to say God. But you're probably, the majority of us are probably wrong. God is not top of our list right now when it comes to who or what we trust. There are other things in our life that we tend to trust a lot more than God, and we don't want to admit it. Because we want to be a good Christian. We want to be a good believer in Jesus. And so we want to have that relationship and that faith in God knowing that and trusting that he will provide and do what he's always done for us. I'm not going to call you a liar. I'm not. I'm going to call you Christian. That's what I'm going to call you because that's what Christians do. We put our faith in things other than God a lot of times. But when do we tend to be, I love that. That just tickles me to death. When do we tend to put more trust in God when things are going wrong? What happens if we put trust in God while things were going right? Things get better. But one of the things that happens is when, when things are going good and we don't trust God, we don't give Him the praise. But when things are bad, things are going wrong, we trust God and we still don't give Him the praise. Or every now and then we might say something good about Him or, or slip Him into our testimony every now and then. But it's only when times are bad that we tend to trust God. How about when times are good that we trust God? How about those great times? This morning or last night when the baby was born, you, you know, they've had to trust God. That whole family's had to put more trust in God this year than probably any other family I know of just for what they've been through. You've got to trust God through the good times and the bad times. The bad times and the good times. We have to. You've got to have that trust. This morning we're going to learn four important lessons about trust. I'm going to define it. Y'all know how I like definitions. I'm going to define trust. It is a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. I'm going to say it again. Listen. Firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. Reliability. We know God is reliable. We know that. And it says here, truth. We know God can't lie, so we know that's it. Ability. We know he's able. The Bible plainly tells us that. Or strength. Or strength. We know God is strong. We know, and when I say strong, I'm not just talking about, you know, muscles. I'm talking about strength in his love, the strength that he has to carry us, the strength that he has to love us, the strength that he has to, uh, to supply us and sustain us and to endure uh, what we put him through because we give him a lot of grief. I, as a parent, I know what my children put me through sometimes, and I know y'all don't have to say it. It's going to get worse. Every time I say that, somebody has to throw that in there. It's going to get worse, James. 
Debbie Downer over there. It's going to get worse. I know that. I'm not ready for it, but I know that. But his strength, I love that definition. His strength is what gets us through. He's almighty. He's all-powerful. He is God. And so he has the ability. He has the capability. He has the strength. He has uh, the courage. He has uh, the pull. He has the love that we need to get us through whatever doubt we might have. And so this morning we're going to look at this trust that God has given us. I love Proverbs this morning. I spent probably a whole three minutes on social media this morning. And I read something that I, I cried this morning. It's a young lady at our home church at Will Valley. brought it with me I may read it I may not she gave her testimony late last night Lord just laid it on her heart I love to read somebody's testimony I read hers she, she's had a pretty rough life growing up I've known her grandpa my whole life if you're able to have a third grandpa that was mine preacher J.C. Green love that man to death love him to death known him I used to it's not the smartest thing to do I wasn't the brightest kid in the world he was a meat cutter, and, and he, would, he was always helping my grandpa cut meat there to plant. He'd, take, he'd save up his vacation. He worked at ASU as a meat cutter. Save up his vacation to take off during the busy season and help my grandpa cut meat. But I'd always go in there and either kick him in the shin or poke him in the side while he's cutting meat. Not the brightest thing to do. I don't encourage that in a butcher shop, just so you know. But this is his granddaughter. He goes to Willow Will Valley, our home church. And she gave her testimony this morning, and it just, it moved me. And you know how she signed it? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6. I said, I know. This is right. We're going to look at that, and I may read it again after a while, I don't know. But think about the things that we have trust in. Who in here uses a calendar? I have to use a calendar. If I don't write it down, it didn't happen or it ain't going to happen. I have to use a calendar. I've got stuff on my calendar for tomorrow. But what's the one thing we trust about our calendar? We trust that we're going to be alive tomorrow to fulfill those duties. I trust I'll be alive tomorrow. It's, I don't know if I'll be alive tomorrow. I don't know. Lord may, rapture may hit right after church today, and that would be great. And I would go on home and not have to worry about what I got to do tomorrow. But we have trust that we'll be alive tomorrow. Each day we trust that we're going to have electricity, don't we? Every day we get up and we pray that the power don't go out. Now I know falls here, and y'all are going to lose power about every 12 to 14 hours in every county. That's just a given. You can thank Mountain Electric for that. But we do. We have trust that our power, we've lived near a substation for, well, I've been there 18 years, 16 years that we've been married. We live next to a substation. Our power has never been out for what, more than an hour or so, a couple hours, because that's the first place they go when power goes out, substation, get her fixed, get her going. We place a certain amount of trust in our family, in our friends, and you've got to remember that. Th those, those people, 
you, you got to be careful with family and friends sometimes. We trust our services that are out there. We, tr- <laughs> we trust post office, don't we? We trust, <laughs> y'all stop laughing. We do, we trust the post office. We trust law enforcement. I, I, I hadn't told many of all this, I don't think, but last Wednesday night, my truck got broke into. Somebody stole a brand new pistol I just bought and never shot. Four magazines. Then he stepped right over and stole my neighbor's gun. Then he went across the road and went through all four of my neighbor's vehicles, went up the road and stole some money and a wallet out of another vehicle. And then, what, thir- Friday night? Thursday night, Friday morning, another house right above us, mile up the road, got hit again, trying to break in while people are sleeping, 3 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning. I got a lot of trust in my sheriff's department right now. I'm thankful that the detective that's working the case right now is a good friend of mine and Maria's, and so we stay in, in close contact. But we put trust in our law enforcement. We put trust in our military to keep us safe. We have to. We, we trust them. We don't know them. Y'all know one. Y'all know a Marine. <laughs> you know, we don't know all our military, but we put trust in our military that they're going to keep us safe and protect this country. We place our trust in many different things and many different people in this world. But what do all these things have in common? I want you to listen to this. Sometimes they fail us. Sometimes they, they fail to fulfill their duties for us. Sometimes, just sometimes, the post office is going to lose a letter. I don't mind them losing bills. They can lose them all day long, but just don't lose my letters. Don't lose my packages. Sometimes, just sometimes, somebody's going to run down 105 and wreck and take out a power pole, or Mountain Electric's going to decide that they're going to shut down the power for a while and and redo some lines. So we're going to lose power. Sometimes, just sometimes, law enforcement, as hard as they try, they're not going to be able to catch that criminal. Sometimes. Sometimes our military might not be able to protect every single American or every single place that they're at. They're not going to be able to. So sometimes, just sometimes, these people or these things may fail us, but God never will. So think about the things that will fail you and think about the thing that will never fail you. The things will always fail you. The thing will never fail you. The thing being God. That man will not fail you. He will not, he will not do anything to cause you to lose trust in him. We've all felt the effects of days when our trust has, has failed us. Those are bad days, ain't they? When you get up, something's failed you. Truck don't crank. Mike's not here, so Cindy let him know his truck probably won't crank that, that forward. We get up in the morning, things don't go right. You get up in the morning, you get ready for work, and your truck's been broken into and, and the gun's missing. You know, that, there's, a, there's a panic there. Because what if that gun is used in a, in a homicide or something? You know, there's always that what if. But things in this life will fail you, but God never will. If you got your Bible turned over to Proverbs chapter 3, if you will stand with me just a moment. I'm going to read verse 5 and 6. You guys know it. It's probably one of those memory verses you had as a youngin. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Let's pray. Father, this morning as uh, we have come to your house, 
Father, we come to worship you and only you. God, I pray that we are here with our hearts ready and open. And Lord, I pray that we are here. <laughs> We're ready to worship. God, I pray that each one of us has prepared our hearts. I tried to give them a heads up yesterday, Lord, just to, to get ready. Lord, just ask for forgiveness before they step foot inside these church doors. Ask for forgiveness before they ever step foot inside their vehicle. Repent. That's all we got to do this morning, Lord, is just repent. Just ask for forgiveness. Clear out our hearts of any sin that might be there, Lord, so that we can truly and wholly worship your Son, Jesus Christ, this morning as we're supposed to do. And, Lord, I pray for guidance as we go through this message. Lord, I pray that you would uh, loosen my tongue, Lord, and, and just uh, anoint this message this morning, Lord. And uh, as, I, as I like to pray, Lord, let's, just, uh, let's bind up Satan and then demons. Lord, let's bind them up tight and set them outside the doors of this church. Lord, not let anything in this world interfere in what we got going on this morning with you. Lord, I pray that this morning, this time we're spending with you, Lord, would honor you and glorify your name. And Lord, I pray that it would just lift up and encourage those that are here or maybe that one person that needs to hear it this morning. Lord, I pray that it would do just that. Be an encouragement for those that may be struggling with trust in their life. Trust in you, the Father with all that we have going on in our lives, Lord. This morning, we dedicate this. We dedicate this day to you. We dedicate this message to you. No one else, just you. Lord, we thank you. We love you. Father, we praise you this morning. All this in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, you can have a seat. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. That's tall order, ain't it? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. That's, that's a tall order. That's, that's big. That's, that's big. That's, that's a lot for little old Chad Cole to try to comprehend. That's a lot for a human to try to comprehend. That's a lot for any Christian to try to do. To lean not unto thine own understanding. That's a lot. I struggle a lot with that one. Because... Number one, I got a short fuse and a thin filter. I don't know if that comes with age. What is that? Is that an age thing, BJ? You, okay, I thought you might know if it's an age thing. I don't know why. I never was like it. I was one of the most laid back people in my life I, that I've ever known. I was the most laid back person. You couldn't make me mad. I was easy going. You could run over me all day long. I don't know if it's because I got youngins, got married, or become a pastor. I don't know, but something has caused me to have a short fuse and a thin filter. And I will blow up now. It's really quick. I don't like it. But the Bible says for us to trust in the Lord with all thine heart. I don't believe in adding to the Bible, but sometimes right there I'd like to slip in and keep your mouth shut. Just sometimes... Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and just keep your mouth shut. That prayer I told you all about not too long ago, Lord, wrap your arms around me, and around my shoulders and your hand around my mouth. Sometimes we need that. We need God to just love on us, get us around our shoulder, hug on us, love us, pull us tight, but then put his hand over our mouth because uh, we tend to let things slip. We tend to say things that are not pleasing to him. We've got to be careful with that. So this morning, we're going to look at four things. And the first thing we're going to look at is trust is a heart issue. Trust is a heart issue. Number one, you've got to have a heart for the Lord. The Lord's got to have your heart. 
if if he ain't if he ain't yours and you ain't his, it it makes it pretty hard to trust him if you don't know him. How many of y'all trust somebody you don't know? Not many people. Not many people. And I, I ain't going to get on politics this morning, but I, this is a it's a good analogy right now. You go, memory went the other night and we voted. And, and you go through that ballot and you're looking at all these people that are running for all these offices. You don't know them. I know Maria don't know them because I vote for her. I give her a blank ballot and just fill it in and say these are the best ones. Except for a couple, I'll let her make her own decision on. But you look at it and I, I don't know that person. Can I trust him? I don't know that person. And it ain't a party thing. I, I, I don't do that. I, I want to know the person. That was one of the things when I worked at the police department. I love to, to go and talk to the officers about the judges. Who are the best ones? Who are the ones that you like? And I, I have to go on somebody else's notion. I have to go on somebody else's uh, thoughts or opinions about someone. But this is a good time of year. Can I trust him? Can I trust her? So it's a trust thing. It's a heart thing. You've got to have a relationship with that person to trust them. So first and foremost this morning, if you ain't got a relationship with Jesus, it makes it really hard to trust him. It makes it really hard for an individual who does not know Jesus as their Savior to have that relationship. It makes it so hard to have trust in that person. That's either an amen or an oh me. I don't know. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Thy all. That's a capital A, capital L, capital L. I actually even put in there and put it bold. It's all. Not some, not a little, but all thine heart. There's no way for us to say we trust God and not allow him to have our hearts. Do you trust me? I remember those words. This is why I don't swim. This, the, let me just tell you all why I don't like to swim. Because that was the... Famous last words before I about drowned. Do you trust me? And then I hit the bottom. No, I don't trust you anymore. I don't trust the lifeguard <laughs> for nothing. I, don't, I lost that trust in that person. And people like them. Do you trust me? I did. Not now. Because I about died because of you. It's a trust thing. You got to trust that. Stop laughing, Hunter. God has got to have our whole heart to truly have our trust. He don't want just, give me just the left side of your heart, or give me just the right side of your heart. God says, give me a whole heart, and trust me. Give it all to me, and trust me. When we take our vehicles to the mechanic to get it fixed, do you take the part that's just broken, or the whole thing? We take the whole thing, don't we? That's the same with God. When we take our heart to him and give it to him, we give him the whole thing. Not just the little part that hurts, or the little part that's broken, we give him the whole thing and say, here, God, fix it. Those vehicles, we give him the whole vehicle and say, here it is, fix it. And sometimes you get it back in two months or something like that. He's still got my truck. Never tell a mechanic, just take your time. I'm just going to tell you all, if you didn't know that, never tell him, just take your time because you ain't going to get it back. We give God spiritual lip service and move on with our lives. Yes, Lord, I trust you. And then we walk out the door. It's just a lip service. We don't need to just say, yes, Lord, I trust you. With our whole hearts, we've got to say, yes, Lord, I trust you. I trust you with my all, with everything that's inside of me. Lord, I trust you. Here's my problem. Here's my situation. Lord, here's my life. 
Let's just back up to the beginning for just a second and say, here, Lord's my life. Here's my heart. You can have it. I trust you with my whole heart. Save me. And once we get past the save me part, the salvation part, then we start saying, Lord, I need you. Just the song, I, I called Colin last night and said, I really want to sing that song. I, I really want to trust and obey. I want to sing that because that's, that's one of those songs that really gets you. To trust and obey God. To trust God for who He is and obey His commandments. Obey what He's telling you to do. We've got to trust Him and obey Him. And like the, the song says, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. That's, that's a lot. We've all been a, a kid. I've got two of them right now. The trust thing they've got down pat, but the obey thing they're struggling with right now. But we're children of God. So we've got to trust God and obey Him. As our Heavenly Father, we have to trust and obey. Trust our Father, obey our Father. Trust Him with everything. We keep on doing our own thing and expect God to bless it. God don't bless a mess. When you do your own thing, you make a mess out of it. And I promise you, God don't bless a mess. That's, that's not what Christians want to be. You know, I, I don't want to be a messy Christian. I don't want to be one of those that just does my own thing Christian. I want to be the Christian that has placed it all in his hand. Like the Bible says. It says, in all thy ways acknowledge him. It says, with all thine heart. All. It tells us twice, all. So with everything. I want to be that Christian. That follower of Jesus. That believer in Jesus Christ. The one that gives him all my trust. So why is the heart so important? What makes the heart so vital to trust issues? Well, the heart's a pretty important piece of your body, both physically and spiritually. Without a heartbeat, you ain't going to live very long. So it's a very important part of our body. It's, it's an important muscle in our body. We look at the heart as a place of emotions and desires. That's where when you fall in love with somebody, what happens? Your heart flutters a little bit, don't it? When, when your spouse walks in sometimes and you look at him like, man, I love her. Your heart flutters just a little bit. It's a place of emotion. And that's okay. That's a good thing. But people say my heart just ain't in it when they don't want to do something. You ever heard that? My heart just ain't in it. I can't give it my all. My heart's not in it. Or you either get that, in the church you either get that, or I'll pray about it, that's usually a no. That's, that's what we call the Baptist no, I'll pray about it. That's just, might as well write that one off. My heart just ain't in it. My heart, I, I can't tell you how many times I've had to use that, because when I, say, when I say my heart ain't in it, it's because God ain't leading me there. That's what I mean when I say my heart ain't in it. One of the memories talked about this a lot, back when Ebola hit over... Um, That, where's that at? Flew in ROB. Uh, Liberia. Whew, get out here a minute. When Ebola hit, uh, three times I was asked to go and set up their field hospital and be with the patients, be with the Ebola patients. For, and I did. I, and I was flat out, I prayed about it. I never got a piece because my heart wasn't in it. Second time they came to me. We need you to go. We need you to be a part of this. We need your, your expertise in this field. 
I, I pray about it. I never got a piece. My heart wasn't in it. Third time, Dr. Lance Pollard came back. He's asked me all three times. He said, third time's a charm. Can I get you now? I said, I got to pray about it. And I come back. My heart ain't in it. I, w- I couldn't go. My heart wasn't in it. Emotionally, my heart wasn't in it. Physically, I, I wanted to go. But my heart wasn't in it. My heart was is at home. My heart was at church. I didn't want to go nowhere. Because my heart was here. My heart was there with them. So it becomes a trust issue. Lord, I trust you with my heart. I trust you with my heart. I trust that you're going to guide me. I trust that you're going to lead me. I trust that you're going to make the best decision for me. That's hard. That's hard. Knowing that trust is a matter of the heart, we tend to be drawn toward the emotional end of things because it's of the heart. The Old Testament looks at the heart differently, though. And we'll look at some Old Testament uh, besides Proverbs here shortly. When Solomon writes, it has little to do with emotion. Solomon's not talking about the emotional heart. He's talking about the spiritual heart. Emotions, I want you to think about this. Emotions are very inconsistent, ain't they? How many of y'all can sit and cry one minute and laugh the next? <laughs> Most of us can do that. Look at me. I'm, I was crying a while ago, now I'm laughing. They're inconsistent. Emotions are some of the most unstable things that we have in our body. Except your bladder when you get older, and I'm learning that the hard way right now. There's no consistency in our emotions whatsoever. Emotions can change in a split second. We can go from being calm to bowling mad like that. I, I thought it was hereditary. I, Abby is so much like me because, Maria, I'll tell you, I can change. I can flip my switch in a heartbeat. But I thought that was an aging thing. Obviously not, because my oldest is just like me, and she can flip a switch bigger than anybody right now. Emotions, they fail us, and we lose our sense of direction in life. When Solomon speaks about the heart, he's referring to the core of the human life. The heart. The heart was the center of everything in the Old Testament. When Solomon says to trust the Lord with all your heart, he's saying trust God with all your heart. Trust God with everything in you. Trust the Lord. With all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. Trust in the Lord. He's saying trust in God with all your possessions. Everything that you got, you trust God with it. He's telling us in here, he says, trust in the Lord with all your being. Everything that you've got inside of you, you trust the Lord. And if we're honest, our trust in God falls far short of the standard. If you want to ask me. When, when Solomon talks about trust, he's talking about the whole deal. All, A-L-L, capital A, capital L, capital L, all. He says trust all. All means exactly that, all. All means everything. He's saying trust in the Lord with all. Not some, not parts, not just a little bit. He said all of it. We either trust God with all or not at all. Number two, trust moves beyond our own understanding. We passed our own understanding. 
Trust moves beyond our own understanding. You ever tried to understand something? How many of y'all ever tried to figure out God before? Good luck with that. It ain't going to happen. It's a trust thing. That's what faith is. We put faith in God. We trust in God. I can't physically see him, but I know he's there. I can't physically see him, but I know he's in my heart. I can't physically see him. I can't lay eyes on him right now, but I know he's there. I know he's here. That's faith. That's trust. Trust moves beyond understanding. Verse 5 says, and lean not unto thine own understanding. One of the great facts of life is that there are times when life just doesn't make sense. Have y'all, have y'all figured that out now? Life don't make sense. A lot of things in this life just don't make a lick of sense to me. I, I, I can't figure out why people go at an early age. I can't figure out why people live to be an old age. I ain't figured that out. Why is there not a, time, a deadline? All right, everybody goes at one time. Everybody makes it to this age and you go on. Everybody gets to the ripe old age of 107 and you're gone. I don't know. Life don't make sense to me. I haven't figured it out. I'm going to quit trying to figure out life because it's just a waste of time. We've all had times in life when experience defies logic and leaves us with a complete lack of understanding. I don't understand how that happened. I don't get it. I don't understand. There's things that we're not going to understand this side of heaven. I just can't figure things out. Life can be beyond our ability to comprehend and beyond our ability to control. And when we start to try to control life ourselves, that's, that's when we get in trouble. Trust means that you lean on God at all times, in all situations, in every possible way. That's trust in all times, in all possible ways. Life is, life's never fair. I, I, every time I watch The Lion King with the girls, the cartoon version, the good one, I always think of Scar. What's he say, Paisley? Life's not fair. I always think of that. One of the mean guys in a Disney cartoon made a good point. Life's not fair. And like I said, people are taken away at an early age. Why? Why is that? We don't understand it. We don't get it. Do you, do you ever think about Abraham? Do you think he understood why God promised him countless descendants? But he had no sons? Do you ever think about that? He had not one son at the time. It don't make sense. Or you go back and, and you look at Joseph. Do you think he understood why his brother sold him into slavery? No. He didn't get it. Or you go in and you look at Daniel. Do you, do you think he understood why he's placed in a den of lions? No. He didn't understand it at the time. How about Paul? Did Paul understand the fact that he was what he got stoned and and uh, and, and uh, imprisoned and bound? Do you think he understood that? No, not at the time. It all makes perfect sense now, but we don't understand life. These guys didn't understand what was going on at the in, at the beginning, but later on in life we get it figured out. We don't understand why things happen in our life at that moment. But at some point, we're going to have that aha moment, and we're going to say, oh, now I understand. Now I see why God's placed me here, put me here, took this away, or gave me this. I see now why things are going the way that they did. Because you finally realize God's got a plan. God's got a plan. It ain't your plan. 
It's his plan. And we finally figured it out. And we finally realized I should have trusted him a long time ago. You know, we've said this. Y'all have heard this. I know not just for me, but anybody else. If you ever ask an older, a, a Christian that got saved older, you know, later in life, what their biggest regret is about being a Christian, it's not that they were ever saved. It's the fact that they waited so late in life to be saved. They missed so many blessings. They didn't trust God early in life. They didn't trust God 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. And sometimes it takes a while for us to, to realize that we should have trusted him a long time ago. Life doesn't make sense, but God, I said this last night when I was um, studying. Life might not make sense to us, and it may not, but God makes sense out of life. God will make sense out of whatever's going on in your life. He will open your eyes. He's going to open your heart. He's going to open your ears. He's going to open your mind. And whatever you're going through right now, God's going to make sense out of it for you. He's going to paint you one of the most beautiful pictures you've ever seen in your life. And you're going to say, there it is. That's why I'm going through this. There it is. That's why I feel like this. Because God just showed up. And all his handiwork, and all his paint, his paintbrushes, he's going to paint you the prettiest, most real picture you've ever seen in your life. And you're going to say, thank you, God. I needed that. I needed that answer right now. Thank you. Maybe you've been struggling for years with it. I don't know. But he's going to make it true. He's going to make it pop up, and he's going to make it the most vibrant, beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life. And you're going to say, thank you, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. Trusting God is the only thing that gets us through where the rubber meets the road. That's it. We've got to trust. We've got to trust that God's going to pull us through a pandemic. We've got to trust that God's going to continue to protect our children while they're at school. We've got to trust that God's going to protect you while you go to food line and get your groceries. Or you crazy people that go to Walmart. We've got to trust. I ain't been since March. I ain't one of y'all. We've got to trust. That's what we do as Christians. Don't trust mankind. Trust God. And it's in those days when life just doesn't make any sense. It's in those days when life defies logic. It's in those days and times that we need to trust God the most. When we just don't get it. I don't understand. Stop trying and just trust. Stop trying and trust. There, y'all note takers, write that down. And then stop writing. Because that's all you need to know. Stop trying and trust. I can't. I can't sum it up any better than that. You, the Bible plainly tells us right here, it says, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. But the part above that where it says, Lean not into your own understanding, that's where we always mess up. And so I can sum it up and say, Just stop trying on your own and start trusting in God, and he'll fix it. He'll get you through it. We've got to trust God when life gets tough. We're going to go through hard times. You may be going through one right now. I don't know. But you're going to go through hard times. And when you do, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. You're going to go through good times in this life. You're going to get to have great-grandbabies and great-great-nieces. Is that right? Yeah, I got that right. 
But you still got to trust in the Lord through those good times. You're going to lose your job. Not, you're not going to lose your job, but you may lose your job. <laughs> Phew, let me back up a little bit. You may lose your job trusting the Lord. You may miss a paycheck trusting the Lord. You might get hungry trusting the Lord. You might drive a Ford <laughs> trusting the Lord. <laughs> Man, I wish Mike was here. <laughs> that make, I'm going to get him a bumper sticker that says that and slip it on there. I drive a Ford, so I trust in the Lord. <laughs> we've got we've to trust him, though. When we lean on God, then we gain his limitless resources. Limitless, you get that? Unlimited resources. I like those. Remember back when I was younger, I used to play video games a lot. I knew them cheat codes. I knew how to get unlimited life. That's what I got now, without a cheat code. It's because I got my Jesus. don't need a cheat code. I got Jesus. So my life, yeah, it may end here on earth, but you know what? It, it's unlimited in heaven. I don't have to worry about dying or, or going away. I don't have to worry about it. Number three, trust must acknowledge God's presence. Your trust, you yourself, you've got to acknowledge God's presence. God's around you. Verse 6 again says, In all thy ways acknowledge him. Now in Deuteronomy 31.6, Bible tells us, Be strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he, is, he it is that doth go with thee. And it says, He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. That's Old Testament. Hebrews 13.5 tells us, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. So the Old Testament is telling us that he's not going to leave us or forsake us. The New Testament is saying he's not going to leave us nor forsake us. Why not trust him? If you're being told that God's not going to leave you, if the Bible says that, the Bible, or that, that God's not going to forsake thee, why not trust him? Why not trust the man? Just trust him. Like Andy told Aunt B, just call the man. Just call the man. Just call Jesus. Call upon the name of Jesus. The Bible tells us if you just call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. So why not just call the man? Just call him and trust him and obey him. Put your faith in him. Why not? What stops you? What in this world is stopping you from calling the man right now? Nothing. If there's anything, it's pride. If there's anything in your heart right now stopping you from calling upon the name of the Lord, it is pride because, oh, I got saved back when I was nine years old. You think. Maybe you didn't get saved when you was nine years old. Maybe you just followed your cousin up there because they did it. It was a cool thing to do. And maybe it embarrasses you. Thinking, I done got baptized, I don't want to do that again. Well, you will. <laughs> if, you, if you get saved, you're going to be baptized. That's what we do. Don't worry about the embarrassment. Spit your pride out, like I said last week. Get rid of your pride. And just call upon the name of the Lord. And the Bible says, you will be saved. But why not trust somebody that will not leave you or forsake you? There have been more than a few days in my life when I've clung to that Sweet, sweet promise. That's a sweet promise. 
that he's not going to leave you and that he's not going to forsake you, that's a pretty good promise. There's a lot of promises. I told you all about them a few weeks ago. A lot of promises that he's made us. That's one right there you better cling to. He's not going to leave us. He ain't going to forsake us. God made the promise that he would always be with you. He's always going to be with me. You go and look at the Great Commission. Go and you look at the Ascension. And you read what he said at the Ascension. And you read what he told the disciples. He said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm not going to just go home to Dad and leave you hanging. He said, I'm going to leave you with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send somebody in my place to be in your heart, to hang out with you while I'm at home. I'll be with you. And that's a great promise. So when he says, I'll send you someone to be with you, that means he's not going to leave you. The Holy Spirit's not going to leave you. And again, like it said, it's not going to forsake you. When God makes a promise, he keeps it. He's never broke one. He ain't going to break one. When he makes a promise, he's going to keep that. If God leaves us, if God never leaves us, we can trust him in every situation, every trial, trial, because he's not going nowhere. He don't look at it and say, boy, it's too hot. I got to go. Oh, look at the time. Can't be here right now. I got to go. That's not the way God acts. That's not how he works. That's how we act. That's how we work. I don't like this. I don't want to be here. It's getting too hairy right now. I don't want to be around this mess. And then we just kind of scoot out the back door. God said, no, I'm in it with you. To the very, to the bitter end, I'm there with you. I'm not going to leave you. The power and presence of God gets us through the tough stuff and the hard times. Isaiah 43, 2 says, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. He said, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, he says, thou shalt not be burned. He says, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. (laughs) You ain't going to drown, you ain't going to get burned. No matter what fire you're going through, you're not going to get burnt. You'll be just like the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You're going to come out of that fire, and you ain't going to smell like smoke. Not one thread of your clothing is going to be burnt. You'll be like Peter until he lost faith. You can walk on that water and not get wet. You'll be like the, the, the children of Israel. When it's time to go... Through that sea or through that river, God's going to part it. The land's going to be dry. You ain't going to get muddy. You ain't going to get wet. That's what Isaiah's telling us. But you got to trust him. Trust him through your fires. Trust him through your floods. But you got to trust him. No offense, Travis. You can't trust the insurance agent. No offense. I'll back up here where you can't see me now. But you, you, you got flood insurance. You got hopefully you got fire insurance, and you trust that it's going to pay out. It may or it may not. 
Depends on if they paid you dues or not. May or may not. But God says, you're going to come out of this thing spick and span, sparkling. No smoke, no water damage, no nothing because you trusted me. And I'm going to pull you through it. If someone believes that they don't need God, why should he do anything for them? You ever thought about that? If somebody says, I don't believe in God, then why in the world should he do anything for them? The only thing that needs to be done right there is for him to save them. Anybody that's got that much pride and that stubborn, they need Jesus before it's too late. If they've got that kind of attitude that they're going to live life on their own, God's going to let them. You can reject him. It's called free will. You do what you want to. You can reject him. That's the biggest mistake you'll ever make in your life. Rejecting Jesus. Not trusting Jesus. If they have that attitude, they're going to live a life on their own. God says, it's up to you. It's up to you. The best things God has to offer us come when we say, I need you, Lord. I want you to recall that time in your life where man failed you. And you just said, Lord, I need you right now. And you trusted him right then. And think about the sweet peace that you got. Think about that peace. Man can't give you that kind of sweet peace. That peace that passeth all understanding. Man can't do it. Doctors can't do it. Psychologists can't do it. Mechanics can't do it. Nobody can give you that peace but Jesus. When you say, Lord, I need you. I trust you. Help me. And though the blessings will just pour. Oh, what blessings you're going to receive because you trusted in him. Without admitting that, that we need God, we rob ourselves of, the, of his presence, his provision, and his power. So trusting God is a choice. It is totally up to you to trust God if you want to trust God. But we make that choice every day in the way that we live, in the way that we acknowledge Him. So it's up to you. Number four and the last point. Trust follows the path that God lays out. Trust follows the path that God lays out. You ever trusted your own path? Now, you ever been bear hunting and made your own path? Did you try to get back on your own path? <laughs> yeah. What do you, you probably do like I do. You get on the radio and say, start blowing your horn. And you start walking towards the horn. Because if I make my own path, I'm lost. Somebody's going to have to toot the horn for me. Or find a dog that's got a tracking collar on it and let them track you. <laughs> you ever done that, Morris? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Listen for the little girl screaming. No. If I make my own path, I'm probably on the wrong path. The Bible tells us to trust him. And he says, and he shall direct thy paths. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. And all thy ways acknowledge him. And then he says, and he shall direct thy paths he's going to do it he's going to direct them 
There's an old saying out there, don't follow where the path may lead, but go where there is no path and blaze a trail. False. That's wrong. That's a lie. I'm going to read it again. It says, don't follow where the path may lead, but go where there is no path and blaze a trail. Don't do that. You'll get in trouble. You go where God's been. God is a trailblazer. So you go on the path that God has blazed for you. You go on the trail that God has made for his sons and his daughters. You go where he leads you. Don't you go out chasing rabbits. You go on that trail that he's made for you. I like them trails where he's been down through there and he's bush hogged it out for me and he's got all the, all the briars out of it for me and there, there's no thistles and I ain't got to worry about None of them little bitty saplings sticking up that stick right through the bottom of your foot. I don't have to worry about that stuff because when God blazes a trail, he cleans it out for you. And he makes it bearable and walkable. That's what he does. He don't need you to blaze his trail. I hate to bust your bubble. God don't need you to go out and make new paths. Jesus flat out plainly told us that he's the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by him. That means he blazed the trail for us. From Calvary on, from that cross on, he blazed the trail for us. So he don't need you out there trying to figure out another way to get to heaven. He don't need you out there trying to figure out another way for a man to be saved. Because he's already done it. He blazed the trail, stay on the trail. Don't you be chasing the rabbits. Don't you be making your own paths get you in trouble. God desires for you, or his desire for you is to find his trail and follow it with everything in you all day, every day. All day, every day. That's the Raider way, ain't it, Paisley? She ain't even listening. All day, every day, follow his trail. And when you start veering off that trail and start making your own, you might want to stop and think about that for just a second. Just a second. Psalms 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. We don't make our own path, but we follow the one that God lays out for us. Just stay on it. Stay on it. It might not feel like it's the right place to be at that time, but I promise you it is. If he's blazed that trail, you stay with it. God's the one who sets the path for life, and either we follow it or we don't. Life's just that simple. You follow God's path or you don't. You follow Jesus or you don't. He didn't make his salvation plan difficult. That salvation plan is the most simple thing you'll ever do in your life. So you either follow that salvation plan or you don't. You follow that trail or you don't. Our problem is that we get too busy trying to blaze the trail and chart the course and plan out every detail of our life. I'm a planner. Anybody else in here a planner? I plan things out. We don't do things spur of the moment at home, do we? When we do vacations, yeah. Who's got the Excel spreadsheet and the Word document lined out there with we know exactly where we're going to be. We've got this much time. We're going to be at this place. Most fun I had is when we done the lighthouse tour. 
All seven lighthouses I had her planned down to a T. And even worked the hornies in there towards the end. So we go eat with them. To a T, I'm a planner. That's my downfall. I like to know where I'm going. I like to know when I'm going to be there. And I like to know when I'm going to leave. That's the way I do things. That's not what God asks us to do. There's too many people like that. We're trying to make our own paths, our own plans, our own way to heaven. And he says, you're wasting your time. I've done made that trail for you. I've done blazed that path for you. Just follow what's here, and you're going to get there. Just follow my layout, and you're going to get there. I'd rather walk the path of pain and suffering with God than to walk the path of pleasure and success without him. I want to be on the path of righteousness with God and not success and pleasure without him. Because, you know, what he says, without him we're nothing. Without him we're nothing. Without him we're not successful. Without him we're not going to have the pleasures of this world. Without him we can't do squat. So I want to be with him. I might suffer some. Okay. That's not comparable to what he done for us on the cross. I'm okay with some suffering. I'm all right with some pain. I'll go through fires and trials and tribulations of this life as long as I've got Jesus with me. I don't mind it. As long as I've got Jesus with me. Each day you make a choice to either go up or go down in your relationship with Jesus. That relationship's like an elevator. You've only got two buttons in that elevator. You can go up in your relationship with Jesus, or you can go down in your relationship with Jesus. And you've got to pick which button you want to mash each day. I hope you're up button stuck, and it just keeps going up and up and up. I want each one of us to keep going up in our relationship with him. You trust God by going up, or you trust yourself by going down. Go up. You're going to get yourself in trouble. Mash that up button and go up. One of the best things about following God is that he never messes up the directions. Ever messes up directions. Hickory. Hickory's one of the worst places in the world to go, ain't it, Abby? Try to find a softball field in Hickory. There's like 17 different 8th streets. Northwest, west, east, north, whatever, south, northeast. You get lost in Hickory. You ain't going to get lost if you're on that trail with Jesus. You're not going to get lost on something that he made for you. For each one of us. He's ne- he never messes up directions. Ever. He never leads us in the wrong way, ever. But we've got to trust him. We've got to trust him. Every head bowed, every eye closed, just a moment this morning. I want you to think about this. Who or what have you placed your faith in? Who or what? I know that's a big question, ain't it? Who or what? Who or what?
Today, you've been given a chance, an opportunity to hear about what takes place when you trust Jesus. It's simple. Trusting Him is simple. To the day, have you given your whole heart to God? Your whole heart to God the Creator. God the Father. Your whole, I'm not saying just a little piece of your heart. I'm saying your whole heart. All. A-L-L. All of you. All your heart. Does your heart belong to the Lord? I can't answer that for you. Don't come running up to me after church saying, can you make sure my heart belongs to Jesus? Because I can't answer it for you. I'd love to be able to, but I, I can't. That's between you and him. This morning, can you acknowledge the fact that you need God? That's, again, that's you. Can you, individual, you, person sitting here at Chestnutdale, or you, person that's listening online, can you acknowledge the fact that you need God? You can say yes, or you can say no. But don't fool yourself and say maybe. Yes or no. Today, are you following the path that God lays out for you? Have you, have you stepped off the path a little? Maybe this morning you just realized that you took a wrong turn. Instead of staying on the straight and narrow, you've seen something shiny over there in the woods and you took off the wrong way. Chasing squirrels right now. Can you confirm, can you verify in your heart that you're on the right path this morning? One last question. This morning, in your heart, can you on, honestly say to God, I'm yours. I'm yours. I can't answer one of those questions for you. I answer them for myself. But I can't answer one of them for you. Lord, this morning as we close out this, this service. Lord, this wasn't a lip service. This was a worship service. Lord, this was a time that you set aside for us to worship your son, Jesus Christ. This was a time that has been ordained for us to honor you and praise you. And Father, I pray this morning we've done that for you. We honored you in what was said. We honored you in, in what we sung. We've honored you when we prayed. We've honored you when we read scripture. God, I pray that we've honored you with all of our heart this morning. Lord, this morning, I, and again, I don't know who it is or where they're at. Somebody is struggling with trust. Somebody is struggling with trusting in you, my Jesus. 
Someone is struggling with relying on themselves to get things done. Lord, maybe they've just made a big old mess out of it. But Lord, this morning, no matter how big a mess it might be, you're there to clean it up if they just ask you. If they would just trust in you, if they would trust in the Lord Jesus Christ to get them back on the straight and narrow, to get them back on that path that you've blazed. Lord, I pray that you give that person a peace this morning knowing that you still are in control and you still love them and you're still by their side. And as we read in Deuteronomy and Hebrew, you're not going to leave them and you're not going to forsake them. So even though they're in a mess, you're by their side. Lord, I pray for a sweet peace to fall upon this congregation today of knowing that you are still in control of our lives. Lord, Father, you are still in control of all these messes that we've made. You're still sitting high on that throne. And you're still at the right hand of the Father. And you're still our Savior. And you still love us. Dirt and all. You love us all. All the sin that we might be watering in this morning, you still love us. Lord, we can't thank you enough for that. God, I pray this morning for whoever it might be, struggling with whatever it might be, that you would grant a peace about them, answer them questions, Lord. Lord, we thank you again for this time this morning. I appreciate everybody coming in an hour early. Lord, I just want to, again, give you praise for what you're doing in our lives. Move us in the direction that you'd see fit. Move us on that path, Lord, that you've, tra- that you've blazed a trail on. Just move us, Lord. And we'll thank you. And we'll praise you. All this in your son's sweet, holy, and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, um, again, I, I don't know. I don't know nothing. Y'all probably figured that out by now. I don't know who that's for. But take it. And I hope every one of y'all would do just what they said in Proverbs. Not just trust in the Lord, but trust in the Lord with all thine might, with all thine heart, with all thine soul. Trust in the Lord with everything you got in you. But all, all, A-L-L, your whole heart, just trust in the Lord. Anybody have anything on their heart this morning before we close out and go eat vegetable soup? what happens when you trust him trust in the Lord anybody else she's done talking now ain't she she's parched give that youngin some water
Gonna be home for four years. Austin Duggar, y'all remember that. Good. Is your boy from Avery? Well, that's good. I guess he's from Avery too. He's Benfield. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember him now. That's good. That's good. You remember that, Georgia? Right there's two more. Two more than two to be veterans. <laughs> All right, well, I hope everybody leaves here with a full heart and smiling from ear to ear and trusting the Lord. <laughs>